Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 302 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you this week. And I'm also really excited to jam on loving yourself well and self-love because there's a lot of Instagramification of it, which I guess I'm glad that it's brought these kinds of conversations into you know mainstream culture at the same time. I don't know. Sometimes the way those things can be presented on Instagram or TikTok or whatever can be a little, it can just lack nuance. So I want to kind of dive into it a little bit um, in this podcast so you can really get a framework on how you can actually practice self-love. So before we get there, I just want to let you know that my Date Yourself Challenge, which is the annual challenge I run every year, is coming up. We are kicking it off with spring this year. So we start March 21st. So you've got plenty of time to sign up. All you have to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. And the challenge is five days. So every day for five days, you'll get an email from me where I will help you, yes, to date yourself, but it's really about how to love yourself and how to connect with yourself in a way that sets you up for the best, most fulfilling, loving, caring relationship. So it's totally free. Um, As a bonus to the challenge, I host a pop-up Facebook group where we can connect. Um, I'll do little Facebook lives where I'll share deeper insights into the day's challenges, also answer questions and get to know you and support you and all that kind of good stuff. If you're not on Facebook or don't want to be on Facebook, I totally get it. Um, Unfortunately, it's just like, you know, the best thing that we have, I think, at least to connect. But it is available if you are on Facebook. If you're not, you're still going to get tons of benefit from following along on the emails and doing the exercises that I outline in those emails. So again, 
veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. It's totally free. And at the end of the challenge, I'm also going to be hosting a workshop for challengers, which will help you get started on doing some of the inner work and specifically the inner child work. So you can really begin to peel back some of the blocks and patterns that you found yourself in, uh, in your relationship so that you can begin to change them. All right. So we're going to talk about self-love. Um, I have a lot of opinions about self-love. And even as I'm saying like the phrase self-love, self-love, I almost feel like this, not icky, but I almost like want to resist the phrase. And I think that's because it's become so like hashtag self-love kind of thing. And so I've kind of steered away from it. And even though I do believe inner child work ultimately is all about self-love and any kind of self-care or personal development is ultimately about self-love, I really cringe at using that phrase because it's so overused and so like just over dramatized like oh you have to love yourself first before you can love someone else or or whatever and um this reminds me of this post that i recently saw um this guy todd herman posted it on instagram huh i'm talking about like how the instant instagramification of self-love and here i am on instagram but i do want to say this because i do think it's actually really helpful and he he says it in a really great way. Um, Todd Herman, I don't know what he calls himself, but he's like the way at least I know him. He's like a business coach that helps you with like time management and planning and whatever, just to give you context. So here is what he says. Stop following or reading books from people that have never done the work, bloggers, influencers, or the quote unquote, I did it and you can too crowd. They lack all nuance, make massive logical leaps, and are fantastically one-dimensional. So I think this is really true, and I think self-love absolutely plays into this. I can love myself too, or you can be skinny like me too, or you can look like me too. Like, it's just, oh man, there's there's so, so much packed in there, which I probably won't get into all of today. But what I want to say about self-love is self-love is a lot more than just simply loving yourself because ultimately when I think of that, it's like, well, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to love myself? Or if I'm upset with myself because I didn't do something the way I wanted to do it or because I made a mistake or maybe because I I did something bad or wrong and I'm upset with myself, does that mean I don't love myself? Like it's like once you start really unpacking, it's like what's, what what comes to mind is that scene from Austin Powers where he goes like, whoop-de-doo, Basel, what does it all mean? And so that's where my mind goes, at least. God, I used to love that movie when I was in high school, which is so crazy because that movie is just like not appropriate. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Whatever. I digress. So I broke self-love down into four pieces of a framework that I think you can very tangibly measure yourself by like, okay, how am I doing in this part of the framework? How am I doing in this part of the framework? And then I think that can give you a better sense as to whether or not you quote unquote, really love yourself. Because think about it, like, you can be in a partnership and love your partner. Or if you have a child, you can love your child. Or if you have a dog, you can love your dog. And also, that dog could have just peed all over the floor, or your child could have you know, cross the boundary, or your partner could have said something that was hurtful or did something that was hurtful or a friend or whatever. And so you can be upset with them or feeling sad about that relationship or whatever, and also there still be love, right? And so love is just really like the container that a lot of more nuanced, complicated feelings and emotions can live in. 
So that's the first thing that I think can just completely gets lost when we're talking about like hashtag self love. And the other thing is, is like the and, and this is why like the whole like love yourself first before you can love someone else just really doesn't really hold a lot of water because again it's like well what is self love like there's no clear definition as to what that is and also I do think that there is a baseline of some of the things that we talk about um, when I talk about the framework of self love that I think have to be there in order to set yourself up best for being in a healthy relationship. But at the same time, if this were to be true, or like really true that you have to love yourself first, does that mean that if you're single, you don't love yourself and everyone who is not single loves themselves? Like, like, no, that's just not how it works. And I also think that you know, there's a lot of growth and healing that you can do on your own. But I think there's so much growth and healing that can happen within a relationship as well. You know, I can be really, really hard on myself sometimes, um, especially when it comes to female friendships and um, social situations, like I can like, really, really beat myself up. And um, my husband is so good at kind of like stopping that cycle right? And so this is really about self-love and he's able to help me kind of stop that cycle and love myself more as it relates to this specific area of my life. So I do think that, and you know, you can be in a healthy partnership and still have some areas of your life and of yourself, of your relationship with yourself that you're still trying to heal and grow and a partner can actually help you do that. So I don't know. I just for me, like when I see people talking about like self-love and love yourself first, I just kind of give it an unfollow because I just don't really have (laughs) time and patience for it, but you do you. So I want to spend the rest of this episode talking about the four pieces or the four pieces of the framework of self-love. And where this came from is this is actually something that I developed a few years ago. So for those of you who don't know, who maybe are newer to me, I used to have a membership community that I closed at the end of 2019. And I won't go into too much of the membership, but basically every month we talked about a different theme as it relates to relationships and personal growth, all that kind of stuff. And so one month we focused on self-love. And so I developed a four-part framework. And so if you were in that membership, then you somewhere um, in your email or you have these emails, <laughs> but I've, I've shifted them a little bit because, you know, I've grown and shifted. And so I have a little bit more perspective and more expertise. And so this is where it came from. And then I've just been really thinking about this a lot over the past, oh, I don't know, six months or so, um, because I, I really want to focus on codifying a lot of the things that I teach just so that they're more teachable. Because for me, like, I really like to, I, I like to learn you know, how things kind of fit together. And rather than just like getting like a bunch of information pooped out at me, like it's hard for me to retain that. But if someone teaches it in steps or in frameworks, and I can kind of see how things fit together. And I've really been resistant to steps, like a three step process to love yourself, because like nothing's ever like one, two, three, then you're good to go. Right. Especially when we're talking about something as nuanced as healing the relationship with yourself, all that kind of stuff. But I I really like this concept of this idea of frameworks, because then it's just like a little area, like, okay, I can be in the self love framework. And then I can look at these different pillars that create the framework and kind of see 
where I'm at, what needs some focus, what am I actually really, really good at? And it just feels more tangible to me. So I'm going to be codifying a lot of stuff, um, hopefully over the next um, year or so as I really think through some things. I did a um, how to do the work uh, framework workshop back in February. So if you came to that or got the recording, then you learn that framework. And that's something I'm going to be continuing to develop as well. So this is my little self-love framework that I'm putting together. And I keep saying self-love, but I really do mean the relationship with yourself. Because like I said earlier, like the relationship with other people is obviously a lot more than just love, right? There can be other feelings, some feelings desirable and some feelings less desirable, right? Like you can have anger or you can have sadness, but you can also have joy and contentment. And all of this can exist within this idea of love or the relationship with yourself. Okay, so let's get to the first piece. So the first piece is simply self-awareness. If you don't know how you feel, if you don't know what you need, then you're going to have a really, really hard time feeling content, either with yourself or in relationships or in your career or in your body or in any other part of your life. So self-awareness really is the cornerstone of everything else. Now, I know I said I don't like to think about things in steps because, you know, it's not really like one, two, three, and you're done. But I really do think that self-awareness is like the base, right? It's going to be really hard to implement the other parts of the framework if you, if you're not aware of how you feel, what you think, what you need, what you want, all of those things. Now, for those of you listening, you might have a wide range of your level of self-awareness. For those of you that have been doing this work for a while, you might have a pretty good sense of how you feel about something. You might also have a really good sense of how you feel about something in an area of life that feels a little bit safer or easier, like your career or friendships. But then when it comes to relationships and your love life, you might quake a little bit, right? And you aren't sure how you feel, or you kind of figure out how you feel like three days later. For those of you who are brand new, and especially those of you who have had like some people pleasing tendencies, you may really not know how you feel or what you need or what you think. And so that's going to take some practice. Something that's super, super easy to do is set an alarm on your phone or like reminders on your calendar, maybe for like twice a day. And the alarm or the reminder that comes up when the, when it goes off is how do I feel right now? Or how do you feel right now? And then just ask yourself, how do I feel? How do I feel? And you might at the beginning only be able to speak in really broad terms, like I feel okay, I feel fine. But then the more you get used to this, then the more you'll be able to further define how you feel or how you think. One resource that I really love, we'll put this in the show notes is, gosh, I don't even know what it's called. I just call it the feelings wheel. And you can Google it. We'll we'll put the link in the show notes. But like, there's all these like designs on Etsy too, where you can buy a poster of this. But basically, um, the way it works is the like, I think there's like four or five pretty broad general feelings in the middle of the circle. And then it kind of goes out from there kind of like in a um, starburst kind of 
uh, look where it gets more and more specific on different nuanced kind of emotions. And so this can be a really great way to put some words behind how you're feeling. And then when you can get clear on what you're feeling, then it can be a little bit easier to think, okay, well, what am I thinking? Or what is it that I need? Like if I feel frustrated, what do I need to not feel frustrated? And then from there, it'll just take some practice, but you'll be able to get better and better at discerning how you feel, what you think, and what you need. Hey, real quick, before we get to the rest of the episode, I wanted to make sure you knew that my popular Date Yourself Challenge is coming up. This is the only time this year I'm running the challenge and I don't want you to miss it. Over 5,000 women have gone through the challenge and have learned to reconnect with themselves, discover who they are and call in love. And I'm so excited for you to get started on that same journey. When you join the Date Yourself Challenge, you'll get five daily dates for you to have with yourself so you can attract the relationship you dream of into your life. Each challenge will be simple and take just a few minutes to complete. And if you do them, you won't be able to avoid but having more fun and ease in your love life. So if you want to work on yourself before you start dating again, or you're about to give up on finding love, you really can't afford to miss out on this challenge. And of course, it's free. To join, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge to sign up. We even have a pop-up private Facebook group just for challengers where I can get to know you and support you in your love life. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge to sign up. All right, back to the show. So the next piece of the framework, and this rests right on top of self-awareness is self-acceptance. And this is owning where you are. So let's say you're feeling pretty shitty, you're feeling pretty down, or you're feeling pretty angry. So you're feeling something that's maybe not super comfortable, or maybe you're having some you know, what the law of attraction folks would call low vibe or bad thoughts, you know, oh, I'm not good enough, or what's wrong with me or some, you know, negative running stories, wherever you are, I want you to own it and just accept, all right, this is where I am. I've got this train of negative thoughts spiraling in my head. And that's just where I am. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to own it. Or I'm feeling really shitty right now. I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really angry, whatever it is. Also, if you're feeling great, like freaking own that too. Like I'm not saying like you're always going to feel like shit when you do this. But the idea is just to own it and to not bypass it. Now, there are more obvious ways that we can bypass or suppress uncomfortable emotions. So certainly food, Netflix, alcohol, drugs, sex, even tender, things like that can be ways that we can disengage and disassociate from ourselves so that we don't feel our feelings or think our thoughts or whatever, distract ourselves. But there's also ways that we can not really accept where we are that are a little bit more sneaky and harder to catch because it seems like we're doing something quote unquote good. So what I mean by that is, or let me give you an example. And I've talked about this before on the show. You know, I'll, I'll have a client who you know, we start a conversation and she's like, oh, you know, I feel kind of really bad and like this happened and da, 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 da. But, you know, I'm just trying to be. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Be grateful and focus on the positive, right? So even things that are like kind of self-helpy or things that are quote unquote good for you, like gratitude, can actually be ways that you suppress how you feel and resist what is and not really practice self-acceptance because like, well, I'm just trying to be grateful. And again, nothing wrong with gratitude, nothing wrong with being grateful, but are you using it to resist what is or not really own where you are? When you don't own where you are, it's really, really hard to move forward, right? It's like, it's kind of like when you're you know, when you're using your Google Maps, and you're trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B, but you're at your house, you're like, so you're trying to figure out like how to get from the mall to your office, but you're at home. And so Google Maps are like, well, we'll tell you the steps, we can't really give you the timing of it all, because you're not really where, where the starting point is, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like that, right? So first, you have to just figure out how you feel, what you need, what you want, what you think, and then just own it. The more you resist it, the harder it's going to be to move past it, to heal it. I really do believe one thing that is kind of Instagrammable is what resists persists. And I really do think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, Is it universally true? I don't know. I'm very hesitant to say anything's 100% true, but I do think that tends to be true. When you resist how you feel, your reality, you know, someone liking you back or not, when you resist that, then it's just going to make everything that much more difficult to deal with. All right, so we've established the awareness, we've established the self-acceptance, and so then next we go into self-talk. Inner child work is a big part of this. I'm not going to get too much into inner child work right now because obviously I've talked about it a lot on the show in other episodes, but self-talk is basically just self-compassion, right? I can even make self-compassion the name of this piece of the framework because you know, you can do all the meditation, all the journaling, and getting clear on how you feel. But if you're still shit talking yourself, it's going to be really, really hard to heal. And the example that I always give is, you know, let's say you were my client, and we were having a phone call. And I was like, really, that's what you did? Well, that was pretty dumb. Why'd you do that? Like, didn't you see what was going to (laughs) happen? Like, if I said that to you, you'd be like, holy hell, can I get my money back? I never want to speak to this person again. I don't trust this person. You know what I mean? Like it's, it feels kind of humorous and fairly obvious what the reaction would be if it was someone else outside of you talking to you like that. But if, but like the truth is, is that you probably talk to yourself like that, but it's like 10 times worse. Do you know what I mean? And so that creates a pretty hostile environment within, right? And, and that's just a really hard place to heal because ultimately healing is healing your relationship with yourself because When you think about inner child work, when you were a child, you learned to get love, safety, and belonging in some way, right? Now, in the most ideal of ideal worlds, we would have all learned to get love, safety, and belonging through healthy, sustainable, fulfilling, 
sources, both from within and also from sources outside of ourselves. Unfortunately, we do not live in the most ideal of ideal worlds. And so you learn to get love, safety and belonging through ways that weren't always necessarily sustainable or healthy. Even if you had a really good childhood, even if you have really loving, lovely parents, this is still true pretty much of everybody. (laughs) And so when we get love, safety or belonging through means that aren't always necessarily the best for us or have the healthiest outcomes. Um, ultimately, it's a form of of self-abandoning and abandoning our needs, our feelings, our wants just for, you know, just to get this little hit of feeling love, safety or or belonging. And so inner child work helps to rebridge that and to bring that self-compassion so that we can come back to ourselves and end the pattern and the cycle of self-abandoning. And so, you know, it's kind of like if you're you know, you do like your meditation and you set your new moon intentions, then you do your journaling and then you go to brush your teeth and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh God, I look fat or oh, look at the wrinkles on my skin or whatever. And that's not super kind. And I'm not saying that's totally negating all of the work you had just did by literally just sitting there meditating, writing your intentions, whatever, but it's certainly going to make it a little bit more of an uphill battle. And so when you want to change something about yourself, or when you want to change a pattern you have or a habit, or when you've done something that you regret or a mistake that you've made. I'm not saying like to stick your head in the sand about it and just go like, la la la, like this isn't happening. Um, But you can still be nice to yourself about it. Like, okay, yep, that was a mistake. Oof, I, I messed that one up. Yep, messed that one up real bad. But I can get through this. I got this. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do what I need to do. I can take care of it. That's a very, very different place than being like, oh, God, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? Oh, and you kind of just dig yourself more into that emotional hole. And it just makes it impossible. I shouldn't say impossible, but a lot harder to recover and to recuperate from from that. So I'm going to call this self-talk slash self-compassion you know, I reserve the right to decide on one or the other as I, as I further, um, you know, iron out this framework. And then the final piece is self-trust. Self-trust is, is key. I will say it is hard to trust other people when you don't trust yourself. Um, and I know that's kind of turning its head on what I talked about earlier in this episode, where the whole, like, you have to love yourself first thing is kind of BS. And the reason why I think it's, fairly true that you have to trust yourself before you can trust other people is because ultimately that's you that's making the choice or the discernment as to whether or not someone else is trustworthy. I hear from people sometimes where they struggle to trust people. And so they meet someone and they really want to, you know, they really want to learn to trust others. And, you know, they're trying to heal this part of them that they've really struggled with. But the thing is, is that not everyone is trustworthy, right? And so your intuition will make that call as to whether or not someone else or something else or whatever is trustworthy. So you don't practice trust by like, all right, I'm just going to practice trusting this person. Even if I get a bad feeling, I'm just going to assume that's my fear and my desire to just want to run away or push the person away. And I'm going to trust through it anyways. You could end up getting really hurt like that and set yourself back even further because you were trying to do something different or do something better, but then you still got burned. That can set you back even further. Okay. So 
one thing you can do to start building your trust, because evidence does breed confidence, we trust from our intuition. Our intuition lives in our body, right? So this is part of, you know, this is why it's a framework and not like a step-by-step process, because then we have to go back to self-awareness. How do I feel? Because your intuition is ultimately how you feel about something, right? And we can think about this in the most obvious of ways. Like if you're walking down the street and there's like a dark alley, you know, I'm not going to go down that alley because it's a little bit, it's a little bit sketchy. You know, it's a dark alley. There's no streetlights. There's no one else down there. You know that because, well, one, just because we've all seen like movies and stuff, but also because you probably get an intuitive hit of "Mm, that doesn't feel very safe to me. You get a little bit of fear kick in. And so from that fear that you're feeling, you're going to do something else. Do you know what I mean? And so that's your intuition at play. Now, that's a more obvious situation. I get that. But your intuition is available to you in that way pretty much whenever you need it. Now, some ways might be a little bit more discreet or um, not as obvious. And so it does take some work to figure out how you feel. And this is why self-awareness is really the cornerstone to this entire framework. Because if you don't know how you feel, it's going to be very, very, very hard to trust yourself because I don't even know how you'd begin to trust yourself if you don't know how you feel. Do you know what I mean? Here's the thing about your intuition. You don't have to go find it. It's already there. And I wouldn't even say that you know, I talk a lot about strengthening your intuition, but it's not even, that's not even the right word. This is the um, image I give a lot of people. So I constantly lose my phone. I cannot keep up with my phone. And I think part of it is because I've gotten a little lazy with it because I have an Apple watch. And so I can just make my phone ding whenever I want when I can't find it. So sometimes I do make it ding just out of pure laziness. I'm like, I don't feel like my phone. Where is it? So I make it ding. So because of that, my phone just ends up in like really weird places sometimes because I'm never thinking about it. And so often my phone will end up underneath a pile of laundry or a pile of, you know, just blankets or towels that I need to fold or whatever. And so I'm dinging my phone. I'm like, where the hell is my freaking phone? I'm getting really annoyed and I can hear it. But because it's under a pile of laundry, like it's hard to tell where it's coming from and it's not super clear. So your intuition is there, right? It's just like the phone that's dinging, except there's all this laundry, there's all this crap on top of it. And that crap could be other people's opinions. It could be past fears from past relationships or or core wounds from childhood or whatever. And so you have to like kind of peel back those layers a little bit so you can, um, you know, hear the intuition loud and clear and know exactly what it's telling you. So it's not that your intuition is not there. It's just that you have to learn to trust it. So one exercise that I really love to have clients do that struggle with this is to look back on their life and look at some decisions they've made, big or small, and kind of dissect them a little bit. So sometimes you've made a decision based on your intuition, and you you did what your intuition said, and it was like right on the money, like glad you didn't date that person, or glad you did that, or glad you quit that job, or whatever, right? Now, there'll be other times where you made decisions that were not based on your intuition. My guess, though, is that if you're honest with yourself, you knew something was off. You knew that your intuition was telling you something, but you were in denial about it, or ignoring it, or really good at suppressing it, or whatever right? So even if that was the case, that's still a really good example, because it still proves to you that your intuition knows what's up, and you can listen to it, right? Because then like having the bad thing happen, because you went against your intuition, like that's still evidence that like, oh, yeah, (laughs) everything seems to be working fine. So all of this 
compiles to, um, I really like the phrase evidence breeds confidence. So all of this compiles to evidence to give you the confidence that you can trust yourself. And when you get good at trusting yourself, it'll be so much easier to then do something that feels a little bit more risky, which is trusting someone else, because you will know, yes, this person is trustworthy. Mm, This person's not so trustworthy. All right, so that is it. To quickly recap, the four pieces of my self-love framework are self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-trust, and self-talk. Now, you'll notice this is is a framework that allows for nuance and for complicated things and for opposing truths to coexist, right? I don't think things have to be necessarily like good or bad, right or wrong, right? Like we live in a world where it's like, choose this side or that side, you're this or that. And for some things, there definitely is a right and there's definitely a wrong. But I think most things in our world are fairly nuanced, especially when it comes to healing and spiritual growth and personal growth and the relationships we have with ourselves. You can own where you are, accept where you are, know how you feel, accept how you feel, and also want to be better and want to do better. And you can talk to yourself in a way that is kind rather than talking to yourself the way that like a bullying, I don't know, soccer coach would talk to a player. You know what I mean? Like you can be compassionate with yourself about it rather than like, well, I'll love you when you can do this or do that. You know what I mean? Like that's not super kind. So you can have all of these opposing things be true. You can still be on your path. You can still be on your journey to loving yourself and also be very, very capable of being in a healthy, committed, fulfilling, loving relationship. All right. So don't buy the hype that you have to love yourself first. And if you're not sure if you love yourself or how you feel about yourself, just run through this framework and see, okay, well, how aware am I? Do I know how I feel? Am I aware how I think? What's super common is you kind of know what you think or what you feel like an hour after a difficult conversation. And so that's something to improve on. Um, How are you at accepting yourself? Do you not just accepting yourself, but also accepting where you are? Are you resisting what is? Are you resisting some of the more complicated or not so comfortable emotions or situations in your life? How's your self-talk? Are you kind of mean to yourself? Do you shit talk yourself? Are you super compassionate? How are you able to talk to your inner child? And then trusting yourself you know, a lot of times people can hear their intuition. That's not usually the problem. The problem is trusting it and then acting upon it. So how are you doing there? Right. And so these are going to give you some more tangible ways to kind of look at it. like, okay, great. Yeah. Okay. I can see how I'm pretty good at this and I feel pretty solid, but then this part of the self-love framework, eh, not so much. I, I need some work there. So hopefully this will give you a better idea of how to not grade yourself, but you know what I mean to assess (laughs) where you are rather than just like, I don't know, do I love myself? I guess I'll just do a bubble bath tonight. And that's what Instagram says I need to do. Um, Look, bubble baths can be super great. I don't know. I have opinions about baths. I talked, I think they're gross. I've talked about them (laughs) a lot on the show. I think they're so gross, but if if you do you, but my point is, is that, you know, you can measure your your self-love and really look at some very tangible things in your life and the way you relate to yourself and treat yourself to have a really informed opinion and stance on where, where you are rather than just like arbitrary, like influencer hashtag self-love kind of things, which I don't know, in my opinion, kind of send you on a wild goose chase. 
So I hope you love this episode. Um, We're going to be diving into this and a lot more in the Date Yourself Challenge. So if you haven't joined us, make sure you do so. VeronicaGrant.com forward slash Date Yourself Challenge. It's going to be so much fun. Even if you're not going to be in the Facebook group, you're still going to get a lot from the challenge exercises that I give you and you will get that in the form of an email. So you should, I assume everyone's on email. <laughs> so you should be getting that. Um, but then of course, if you do want to join us in the Facebook group, um, sometimes people just create like, I don't know if fake accounts is the right word, but just like an account where they don't have any Facebook friends, they can just go on, come into the group, get all the goodness there. And then they're not distracted by the feed or X's popping up or whatever. Um, so you can also do that if you want. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you this week. I will see you in the Date Yourself Challenge. And also next week, the episode is about navigating early conversations and dating and physical intimacy and when to do that and how to create emotional intimacy. It's gonna be really, really good. So if you're someone who struggles from going from like, okay, we're kind of dating, now what? Or you always like suffer from like three month fizzle, you're gonna love next week's episode. So make sure you listen to that. And I will see you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.